get around here, but we do have boxes by the back doors for those things. And all right. So this is called All Things. Now in Philippians 4:13, Philippians 4:13 has long stood as a stirring verse for us as Christians in a difficult world. Uh, in Philippians 4:13, Paul tells us that I or we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or us. Uh, but despite this phrase being often repeated, I find myself struck by how little I can wrap my own mind around this whole concept. This verse really speaks to how narrow, how limited my own thinking is on a regular basis. Sure, we know this, um, that we can do all things, but the suggestion that all things can be done, that that situation that seems outside of your control, perhaps, or outside of your influence, that fear that seems so innate to your humanity, perhaps that dream that you have long since laid aside, um, those issues of global import that dwarf you by comparison, are these excluded or are those part of that all? I wonder if there's something each and every one of us have never even thought to press our boundless God for. And what if we did press for those things? What if we faced our version of the impossible? What would God do? <laughs> it seems to me when I read this word that every hero of renown began as a nobody, a shepherd, perhaps a nomad, maybe a peasant. But they were made fathers of nations, prophets, commanders, and kings. I believe the key here is to see that the I can do all things in a new light. The light of Colossians 3.17 that says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. If I believe I can do all things through Christ, I think it follows that a good place to start is to do all things through and in Christ. Let him lead us in the everyday, and I know that he will guide us as a people to the extraordinary. So Jesus, I thank you that all things are possible, that today as we speak about healing, that today as we speak about all the things out in the world that perhaps seem beyond the realm of Ten Strike Minnesota, we believe that our prayers here today, our prayers here this week, have global import. They have global influence as we speak to the God yes. of the universe. Yes. And that goes, too, to the small things, the local things, the things that influence us, our families, and our community. We pray for those things. We speak into those things and say, God, you are the changer of us and the changer of all that is around us. Let us see it this week and this year. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Peter. And we could put the announcements maybe up on the screen, Anthony, for just a moment here. I'm not going to read all of them, but uh, just to let you know that you're aware. Actually, this next Wednesday, we're going to be having a church decorating day. There will be lunch served at noon, but if you're able to come to help, that that would be fine. And uh, yeah, Christmas is coming, isn't it? It's getting close. Wow. Um, we have a special 
person here today. You're all special, but Brittany Fairbanks, where are you at? Are you, why don't you, oh, there you are right in front. Why don't you come up here? And uh, some of you might remember Brit Brittany. Uh, when she was a little girl, she attended here, the church. You're kind of like a daughter here <laughs> to the church. We so appreciate you and your family. And Brittany, well, I'm not going to tell them. I'm going to let you hear. But uh, we hadn't been in touch with Brittany very much for some time, actually, Joyce and I. But then we go to Green Mill once in a while because we like that restaurant. And uh, the last few winters, well, about for a few months in the winter, I guess it's been, or summer has it been. I'd, but uh, we started seeing Brittany there and uh, finding out that she has been on the mission field for actually almost nine years now. And uh, in an orphanage there. And she's also, she's getting married to someone that she met down there, but I'll let you tell the rest here, okay? And she's got some pictures too for us, so you can stand back here, up there, wherever you... Good morning. Buenos dias. This church feels like home to me. Um, I went here until I was 10 years old, so I remember many of you, and thank you to many of you for teaching me as a child um, and pouring into me and sowing seeds into me. Now I teach my children in Mexico things that I was taught here and other churches as well. So you never really know the extent of where, um, what those seeds that you sow will, where they will end up um, blooming. So I have been working at an orphanage in Mexico on and off for the past nine years. I went there on a mission trip when I was 18, thinking it would be one week of my life, and that was it. But God just totally um, changed my heart there, and I have never been able to stay away. So every time I'm there, I'm put in charge of the little girls. So most of my pictures are of little girls because I'm usually their caretaker. This day, they said, can we dress up like princesses? So we dressed up like princesses and took lots of pictures. This orphanage was started about um, 28 years ago by a pastor and his wife. They are both Mexican. They were pastoring a church in the city of Poza Rica, Veracruz, and they realized that there were children living under a bridge. And so they started bringing them food and clothes and blankets and forming relationships with them. There was one girl that was 12 years old taking care of her newborn baby. And one night, all the kids showed up pounding on the doors of their church, saying that there were people that were trying to kill them. That was, um, that was happening as like a social cleansing at that time in their city, trying to get rid of people that were on the streets. So they opened up their church. They opened up their Sunday school classrooms, their little tiny church, to take in these kids. And for several years, the Sunday school classrooms were filled with children sleeping on their floors. The pastor and, their wife and his wife slept on their floor. Their children slept on the floor. Nobody had a bed, but they were all together and safe. And as they continued to care for these children, God provided, and eventually land was purchased. And we now have um, about 40 children that we take care of. Um, very few of them are orphans in the sense that they have no living parents, but 
most of them have been taken out of situations of extreme abuse, um, poverty, malnutrition. Each of these children have um, a story that just starts so with so much brokenness and loss. When they arrive, um, they're just so there's just so much brokenness, and sometimes you can see it in their in their bruises. Sometimes you can see it in their hearts. But the amazing thing is that God is a healer, and so just after. Sometimes it takes a few days, sometimes it takes a few weeks, sometimes it takes months, but you see how God is healing these children, and it is um, just a home of so much joy and full of the presence of God, and that is really what restores these children. (laughs) So when you go, people always say when they come to visit us, I thought that this place would be sad but it's not, it's a place of joy. And um, these two are brother and sister. Her name is Teresa, and she arrived a year and a half ago, and she was placed in my care. She was two years old. Um, She was just tiny, tiny. I think I have a picture of her and I on the first day that she arrived when I first met her. Um, She could barely walk, she was so weak. The social worker said that she and her brother had been eating just um, potato chips every day, and she was full of parasitic worms. Um, She could barely talk. She could barely cry, even she was so weak. Um, But as the days went on, and she was in a loving home, and being well taken care of, she started to thrive. Um, I have some more pictures of her. This was her shortly after she arrived. And then I have a picture of her nine months later. Um, <laughs> I, one of the greatest accomplishments of my life is potty training this child. <laughs> so I, I'm basically like a mom at this orphanage. I live with the girls. I always share a bedroom with them. I'm getting married in April, though. My fiancé, his parents started this orphanage, so he grew up seeing them as his siblings. And so um, now we get to be parents to them together. So that's really exciting for me. And um, I have a picture of a drawing that was done by one of my girls. So I, I had one of the girls drawing one day, and she drew this picture. And she said it was a picture of the orphanage. And she titled it, House of God, House of Love. And it's, it's what it is. Um, God is a father to the fatherless. He says that over and over in his word. I will not leave you as orphans, he says. And, um, and it's just so obvious when I see my children and I see how he has rescued them drawn them out into a spacious place because he delighted in them. And so um, it's thank you for letting me share here with you this morning. I'm going back in one month, and I have more information at my Mexico table out in the, out in the foyer. So thank you. Thank you for having me here. Come down here. We're going to pray for Brittany, too, and actually, 
Brittany's mom is here, Heather, more of you maybe even remember Heather as she was. Heather's, or uh, Brittany's changed a lot since she was here. <laughs> but yeah, we got cousins and aunts and, and such here also. So, but uh, I'm not sure Adam and or Vic, Vicky were going to have lead in prayer. But let's, let's stand up again together. Thank you, Lord. As we pray for them. All right. for her. Thank you, Father. Lord God, we just thank you for how you have expanded the capacity of Brittany's heart to love so many little ones, Lord. And Father, for the eternal impact, Lord, that it is having on their lives, Lord. Father, I thank you for her, Lord. I thank you for her willingness to be poured out, Lord God, and to be your servant. Lord God, we lift her up to you, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus over her that you protect her heart, her mind, her emotions, her physical well-being, Lord God. I thank you for your angels attending to her, Lord God. Father, we ask for your blessing on her life, Lord, that you would supply everything that she needs, Father God, that she would fulfill all of the call and the destiny that you have in her life in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we also pray for her soon-coming marriage. What's her name? Jesse. Lord, um, for Jesse. And Brittany, Lord, as they come together in marriage, Lord God, Father, that you will bless this union, Lord God, for your purposes, Lord, and that you will use them to advance your kingdom in the place where they are in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the beautiful thing that you did when you made missions to be the family business of your church. And Father, thank you that um, thank you that Brittany has recognized uh, her role in that, the stewardship that you've given to her in that. And Father, we want to ask for an increase in her um, in her abilities in that, an increase in her understanding in that, an increase in walking out and living out uh, the Great Commission in the place that you have sent her and taken her. And because of the Holy Spirit that lives in her, we know that, that you can do that. And we thank you for it in advance. Lord, I also want to thank you for, um, for other people stepping forward and the stewardship you've given them to help send her. Father, the, we do this together. We do this as a body, as a family. And we thank you for the privilege um, to help send those that you're sending. And so, Father, move our hearts as well into yes. the stewardship that you have for us in your family business. And, yes. Father, we um, join together in praying for safety and protection over every step, every movement. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing that is passed on uh, as these children grow up in an atmosphere where they can hear about and understand the love of Jesus and the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And everyone in agreement said? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. We impart what others send you forth as you go again. In Jan or between Christmas and New Year's, you're going to be heading back, right? Yeah, and uh, so 
If you'd like to give a gift, you can use one of the envelopes and uh, uh, put it in there and indicate for Brittany. And uh, if you're making out a check, make it out to TCC, and you can put that in the envelope too, or make sure it's clear on the memo, but, uh, and just put it in the box in the back along with tithes and offerings, other offerings. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing on all the giving. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Brittany will be in the back at, a at the Welcome Center table for just sharing more and more information for you there. Hallelujah. So good to have you here today. By the way, she was a waitress there at Green Mill. I don't know if I said that. She's a good waitress, very good waitress. Okay, for just a few minutes here now, we're going to look at the Word, and we're looking at victorious living by the power of the Holy Spirit's presence within us. That's what we have. And we receive a continuous life flow by abiding in the vine, in Jesus. This abiding produces splendid life-giving fruit that affects not only me and, or you, but also the people around us. That's what Brittany, I know, experiences there with the children. It's the life of God coming out of her, the life and love of God. Now let's go to John 15, starting at verse 4, and let's say this together. It should be up on the screen. Let's just read this together out loud, okay? Jesus said this. He said, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Now we have a picture again of that. I just like looking at this picture of this tomato vine that's just full of tomatoes. And as we're constantly abiding, as we're abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what's going to happen in our lives. You say, well, I couldn't be like that, that much fruit. No, you couldn't. With, without Jesus, you can't do anything, we just read. But with him, wow. But just think about the power and fruit of a life that's abiding in the vine, the Lord Jesus Christ, of a person, you or me, who is living in Jesus, of a person who has Jesus living in them. The power and fruit of a person, or put your name in there, who has Jesus living out through them. We cannot bear life-giving fruit on our own. As we just read from John 15, without Jesus, we can't 
where he can do nothing. Say that word, nothing. Nothing. No thing we can do. Do you believe that? Without him, we can do nothing bringing true, everlasting life. Fleshly effort does not do it. It only makes things worse, bringing and bearing death, giving fruit. Fleshly, death-giving fruit, rotten fruit. We have a picture of some rotten fruit. I don't like looking at that picture. I never liked that scene on my tomato plants. But see, without Jesus, that's what, that's what it is. It's not true life-giving fruit. Smith Wigglesworth said that anything done outside of the Holy Spirit is a failure. But God's Spirit... The Spirit of Jesus within us is awesome in power, causing resurrection life, eternal life, Zoe, the God kind of life, to flow out through us, producing abundant good fruit. Romans 8, 9 says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if the Spirit, if, the, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And then it goes on to say, but if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you, even to our mortal bodies, affecting all of our being. We're talking about the same power that our Father God used to raise Jesus from the grave. Galatians 4, 6 says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The Spirit of God's Son dwells inside of you. He is the one that reaches out and touches Eris or Briar or whoever needs a healing touch in their life. He's the one that dwells inside of you and can affect all of your being from the inside out. Your spirit person, who you really are, who lives in this body, who has a mind and emotion, your spirit being, when you received Jesus as your Savior, you became a whole new creation. You were recreated in Jesus Christ. That's who you are. You're recreated in Christ Jesus, and that's who you are right now. That's who you are right now. The enemy would want to get our mind to drift off onto the things of the flesh, but the Word of God says, keep your mind on heavenly things, on the things of the truth of the Word, keeping them there so we know what the truth is. Here's some more of the truth from Ephesians 3, starting at verse 14. Paul wrote this, this is really another prayer of his, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, that you, according to the riches of his glory, now look at this, to be strengthened with might, with his spirit in the inner man. That's the man or woman we were just talking about, your spirit. Strengthened with might, with his spirit, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being ground, rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. It goes beyond knowledge of the mind. And it goes right to the heart, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God into every part of our being. You see, your spirit person that I was just talking about, when you were recreated in Christ Jesus, every single pore or cell of your spirit was recreated and infused with God, made whole and totally right before God, without blame, without sin, totally blameless. That's where our spirit person is right now. Oh, God, what a truth. Now, verse 20, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, where again is it? Not according to us, but according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord, for helping us to get a grasp on this truth that Jesus Christ by his Spirit dwells within us, abides within us to, to bring us a, to a place of victorious living in every situation. Oh, we thank you for it, Lord. We're so thankful. We're so thankful. Here's another scripture from Ephesians. Uh, the same one, but this is a New Living Translation. Let this soak in as I read it. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Lord, I pray this morning that we might comprehend in our hearts to a new place, a new level, your love for us. Then we will know the truth of that song that we sang for an extended time this morning. 
that you're good, that you're good. Oh, you're so good. And you're never going to let us down. You're never going to let us down. You're never going to let us down because you're faithful, because you love us. You love us so much, even when we drift away, even when we have drifted from you. And we know there's probably in a group this large or some that have drifted. God is there with his arms wide open. His arms are wide open to receive you back. Just like the father of the prodigal son who had wasted everything. He's there to enclose you in his arms and he wants you to experience his love. Here's verse 19 of that scripture from the Amplified. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God and may have the richest measure of divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Have you experienced the love of God? When we really know that love, when we really know it, believe it and see it, that love, it makes faith easy. The Word of God says in Galatians, faith works by what? Love. Faith works by love. God wants you to know that he loves you this morning. And he wants other people in your circles of influence to know that he loves them. And he wants to flow out through you his very life to touch those people around you. I know that's what Brittany sees there, isn't it? That's what you see in that orphanage. It's the love of Jesus. I can just see it in your face when you talk about it. Talk about those kids. You know, why would somebody from northern Minnesota go down to, what's the name of the town? Poza Rica. Why would Brittany Fairbanks from Bemidji, Minnesota go to Poza Rica What's the state there? Poza Rica, Veracruz, Mexico. Why would she do that? For nine years, why would she do that? It's because of the love of God. She, she knew the love of God. She got the love of God. And she, you know that Jesus loves you, don't you? And you know your Father God loves you, don't you? I do too. And you know what? These people do too. But there's something happening here this morning by the Spirit of God again that goes beyond our head that we're getting in our hearts a new level of that measure. I can sense it. 
I can know it in my spirit. It's just coming. It's just kind of coming. It's just kind of coming. It's just kind of coming. And it's helping us, affirming to us that God is good. God is good. God is good. He wants good things for Eris and Briar and you. And you know what? Not only that, he wants it for your neighbor. He wants it for your coworker. He wants it for your cousin or your whoever it may be that your life touches. And as you're filled, like we've just been reading about, it starts to overflow. God is in you. And as we stay connected in the vine, we're going to be like that first tomato plant, or even much better. Some of you may not even like tomatoes. <laughs> but oh, you, the love of God, that's fruit. That's fruit. Love, joy, peace coming to you and then out through you. Did you know that all the love and joy and peace that you're ever going to get is right inside of you right now in your spirit because God's spirit is in you. Did you hear that? I guess I never thought about that before. Let's jump down to 1 Corinthians 6.17 here, Anthony, as we bring to a close here this morning. This, this is talking about God's oneness in us. It says, but he who is joined to the Lord, that's you through Jesus Christ. If you haven't received Christ, do it this morning. Come up here at the end and we'll pray with you. Or you can do it right there. Just come and ask him. Say, Lord, I come to you. Call on the name of the Lord. He's already paid the price for all your sin. Did you know that? He's already paid the price for all your healing. Did you know that? That's healing of body, mind, emotions, all of it. But he who is joined to the Lord is, look at this, one spirit with him. It's talking about our inner person. It's talking about our spirit. And that's what needs to and does flow out from us when we have our minds stayed on Jesus, when we stay it on Jesus, when we remain, when we abide in the vine. Let's look at that picture. Maybe it's up there already. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. When we as branches have our intimate abiding with the vine, with Jesus, our Lord, we're going to thrive. You know, when that abiding is lessened, it will squeeze off the life flow in our lives. But that's not where we're going to go. That's not where we're going to go. We're going to stay strong in Him. Amen? And we'll just be free, just like that little girl. 
Just like the little girl. Did you know that where the Spirit of the Lord is and where the Spirit is Lord in my life and your life, there is freedom. Say it with me. Freedom. Wherever you feel a binding, it's not the Lord. He brings a freedom. And he loves you. This is one big altar here now. We're all before him, okay? Let's close our eyes and Lord, we thank you so much that we don't have to do it on our own. Produce this fruit. That you're the fruit producer. And we just surrender our lives anew and afresh unto you. Yes, even our bodies, our bodies, our minds, everything, our emotions, our spirit. We surrender it all to you anew and afresh. And Lord, we receive that new level of experience of your love today. And Lord, a new level of flow out to the people who we meet today, who our lives touch, and tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. And we give you thanks, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now today we don't have a meal, but there's a coffee time and some good goodies. Susie baked some stuff for us today. And uh, so that's there. And if you have something you would like prayer for, there will be people here in the front to minister to you. Or you can ask them out in the foyer too. It's a place of prayer. So God bless you all. His grace upon us all. His presence goes with us and the experiencing of his love. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.